Welcome to the Vision Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and everything happening at Vision, visit us online at visionnwa.com. Fun fact, women spend more time wondering what men are thinking than men actually spend thinking. So all the women said, amen. So with that, let's open up with prayer. Father God, I thank you so much for Jesus. Jesus, you're the whole reason that we're even here. I thank you that you saved me from hell. That someone came and told me and trained me up in knowing who you are and what you did for me. So God, I thank you that I've been rescued to rescue others. And I know there's more people in this room with that same thankfulness in their heart. We're all one Jesus away from hell. And if it wasn't for you, Jesus, we would have no hope. But I thank you that we're a people with hope. And that as we open up your word today, and as I speak what you placed on my heart to share, it will penetrate walls and it will go into the very heart of the, of the of people because you're all about people. That's the whole reason you sent Jesus. And Jesus, that's the whole reason you came. You didn't just come because you had nothing better to do, but you came because you saw me and you saw every single person here. And you saw every single person that's not here because you loved us so much. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to start off by just really talking about this invitation. If you didn't get one when you came in, these are not for you, by the way. You're here. These are for the people that are not here yet. So every single one of these invitations represents a person. So look to the chair to your right or the chair to your left. You know somebody who needs to be there. It's not just we're trying to build vision. No, we're building the kingdom of God. We want to snatch everyone out of hell and bring them into the kingdom of God. Church is the place where they come and and gather and encourage one another. I really pray that you felt encouraged already, that you're ready to, your faith has been built to go out there and do it again. Because it's really hard to find a lot of faith building things out there. That's why we come together. The Bible says, forsake not the gathering together. That's why we come to church, to build each other up. You've got giftings that I don't have. I have giftings that you don't have. But together, we make the body of Christ. So I encourage you, get five or six of these. Hand them out to people. Somebody invited you. Well, Nicole, I was born in this. Well, I was too. So none of us are exempt from inviting somebody to come. Tommy, did you do your whole pocket this week? He's given, he he does a pocket every week. He, He stuffs his pocket and he gives them out all over town. So I challenge you. I challenge you. Yeah, that's so good. So good. Well, let me get into the word that God placed on my heart. Pastor Phil had asked me a couple of weeks ago to to be on deck today. And so, of course, God was already doing something in my heart, which I'm thankful that he was already giving me something. Um, but I found myself, I found myself about three weeks ago, and in the midst of all this COVID that's going on, 
Um, after work, I had, a, I had a good day at work. Every day is a great day, but it was kind of a mental day. We're going paperless, and so I'm trying to, to dot all my I's and cross all my T's and not get an email, but that's okay if I do. That's all right if I do. It just helps me get better at what I do. And um, so it was a kind of a, a day like that, but I, I wanted to run by Walmart on my way home and pick up two items, just a real quick, nobody, nobody will know, nobody will miss me. I'm home on time, it's okay. So I run into Walmart, I park my car, I got a great parking place, by the way. That's got to be God, right? I got to go shop and get a, get, get a good parking place. So I get a good parking place, and I, I, I get my mask on, you know, as I'm walking up. And I'm walking up to the door, and I see exit only. And I'm like, great, okay. So I walk the length of the Walmart outside in the heat to go to the approved entrance door, so I asked the kid at the door, I go, now, can I exit that door where I parked? No, ma'am, you can't. You have to exit this door. So it was entrance and exit on the opposite side of Walmart. Okay, all right, great. I got, thought I got a great parking place. So I'm, I'm in Walmart. I parked where I needed to get my two items. So then I walked the length of Walmart inside, but this time I get air conditioning, right? But I'm walking through this sea of masks and I go get my two items. I'm gonna make a clean getaway, get in and get out. Nobody gets hurt, hit that, hit that self-serve line. There's 50 of them. I'm gonna get right in there and I see no cash, plastic only at the at this particular Walmart. Now, I know everybody's got their story, and it's bigger than mine, but I got the mic today, so listen to my story, okay? So I'm like, I've got cash. I'm shopping with cash, so you know, husbands can't trace cash. So I've got that. I've got my cash, I've got my two little items, and I'm going, okay. So, but conveniently, Walmart, in their forethought, has provided three personnel cash registers. I get in line with the three, and I'm seeing the 50 empty, and I've got my cash, you know, and here I go. And do I need to tell you that there's at least 10 people in each of the three lines? Yeah. So I'm, as I'm standing there, I'm, I'm going, and I, I feel myself because I've got a moment to just not move, and I feel myself just kind of getting heavier, heavier, oppressive, kind of, a, kind of a cloak was kind of coming on me, and I was like, oh, wow, what is this? What am I feeling this? And then I immediately went, I recognized what it was, and I said, Lord, I am so sorry. And I threw off the spirit of heaviness and I started thanking God that I did live in the most amazing country in the world, second to Israel, but the most amazing country in the world. And here I am with first world problems standing in the Walmart line just because I'm a little inconvenienced here and there. But oh my word, this pandemic has been pan all over the world, we have no clue what a third world developing country is dealing with. We got to walk in a different door. We got to stand in a different line. But at least I had the two items I walked into Walmart for. 
So I had so much things to be, to be blessed with. And recently we've heard a lot about white privilege. Well, I'm telling you, I don't care what color you are. If you were born in America, you are privileged. You are so privileged. With all the, with all the travels that we've done, with all the living overseas that we've done in, in short stints, I'm telling you, I will park 40 miles away to get what I need in an air-conditioned building in America. I mean, there's, so, there, there's no comparisons, but we compare ourselves amongst each other. You know, we compare ourselves, well, she's got that, well, he's got that, well, that's more convenient than that. We're comparing ourselves against the wrong thing. We need to compare ourselves with, there's people who are dying to get into our country, and they're dying as they're leaving their countries. We are such a blessed people. So yes, I'm in my notes, but why was I getting so oppressed and kind of depressed? Because I'm a human being. I need personal interaction. I didn't realize that I was gonna have to get another license and go through traffic school to shop at Walmart. The other day I was, I just needed a spice and the spices are on the end and I, it said, don't enter. And it's like right there. I wanted to go in reverse, you know, and just get my spice and get out of there because I didn't want to have to go through the cereal aisle all the way, come back all the way down for the spice that I needed because the lines are yes, no, yes, no kind of thing. And it's just like, it's a different world that we're living in. But we're people. We can't live without people. We're not designed to live independent. We're not designed to live dependent. We're designed to be interdependent, interconnected. We've not had peace in our government, federal, state, and local, but hey, good things are happening. Our best days are right in front of us. So don't, don't take this as a downer. I'm just talking about what we're going through. Everybody's like, yeah, I get it. We haven't had peace in our churches. Some still aren't open. No matter, I mean, it's not just the big ones, but it's the little ones too. And some of the smaller ones have even closed because they didn't have, they couldn't go back. And even in our neighborhoods, should we wear a mask or we don't wear a mask? What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? There's not been peace. Well, I don't watch television, but when I go get my nails done, there's multiple opportunities on the screens, and our, our society has tried to make COVID normal and make it okay. And, you know, they've, given, they, they've come up with some mottos. You know, if you have a motto, it must be okay, right? So let's look at some of these mottos that COVID has put together. Um, hashtag together apart. Now, I think the hashtag, you gotta, gotta keep that hashtag on there, it makes it more cool. Hashtag all alone together. And then this one, six feet apart versus six feet under. It's like fear, 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 fear. I'm not, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. About a year ago, God had me just, he knows I like wordy quips that remind me and, and rhyme and stuff. And he said, start praying peace over panic, wisdom over worry, and faith over fear. Lord knows we need peace and wisdom and faith because there's a whole lot of panic and worry and fear out there. 
God forbid it's in here, but you know what? As long as there's people around, if we're in the people business, we're in the problem business because people are messy. People have problems. So we're called to problems that have a face. And we're, we, all, we all deal with different things. But he, listen to this. So there's some major changes um, that, that different companies are, are doing, but, but I don't even understand what some of these mean. You know, apart, together, alone, together, all that stuff. That's an oxymoron, and I want to say, what does that even mean? We say so many things, and we, because it's a motto or hashtag, it makes it sound all right. So I looked up some of these other crazy oxymorons, like um, uh, clearly confused. Yeah, I'm clearly confused. Like, what, what are you talking about? Um, act naturally. So it's like you're, you're acting, but you're supposed to be natural. Okay. Um, jumbo shrimp. Yeah, there's a good one. Becca likes that one. Um, here's, this is an open secret. It's like, what are you talking about? It doesn't make sense. But we go with it anyway. Here's one we hear all the time. I just, and I just, I think I know what you mean. Passive aggressive. What in the world? I mean, think about what you're saying or what you're accepting as, okay, random order. It's not going to happen. All right. So, but moving on, there, look at these major companies. Coca-Cola has, has changed their motto or added one. Staying apart is the best way to stay connected. Uh, not in my book. Um, Nike. If you've ever dreamed of playing for millions around the world, now's your chance. Play inside and play for the world. But, I mean, listen to what, what I'm saying. In Brazil, do we have a picture on this one? In Brazil, the McDonald's Corporation actually separated their arches for social distancing. I mean, come on. I said, I have to see that. And so Zach found the, the picture. Can you, oh my word, yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. Exactly. One of the cornerstones of America's fast food chains is temporarily stopping their famous slogan amid coronavirus fears. Kentucky Fried Chicken announced it is putting the brakes on their iconic finger-licking good slogan, which has been a part of the company since 1956. Ladies, I don't know about you, but when I'm at the produce department at the grocery store, I'm trying to get the bags open for the produce. I'm like, what? Do we have a liquor close by? You know, because I'm like, I'm like trying to, you know, lick my finger. I'm like, what do you, what do you do? It's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. We think that in order to have unity, you have to have conformity, but that's not true. Everybody thinks if everybody's a brick, see, look at this wall. If everybody's a brick, everything will just fit just right. That sounds a lot like socialism to me. That is not the way God created us. Conformity, in the, in the name of conformity, is actually separating us more. Because you've got people who are angry, people who are, are hopeless, and they just, they can't see, they can't make, make the distinction on, on, on the next move to make, be, trying to be the right thing. There is a need for diversity in order to have unity. Without diversity, 
you have no need for unity because you're all a brick. You're all, you're all just alike. But listen to what Winston Churchill said. Human beings are endowed with infinitely varying qualities and dispositions, and each one is different from the others. We can't make them all the same. It would be a pretty dull world if we did. The, message of my, the title of my message is Unity Through Community, and we have to have community around us. But unity is, is very important. As Christians, we don't tolerate. We've, we've seen all the billboards. I remember I was out in California, and there was a, a, a lady in a burqa on this billboard, and it was talking about um, tolerance. Tolerance, tolerance, tolerance. Because they were just wanting to make it the norm and make it okay. Should have said hashtag tolerance. But as Christians, we don't tolerate diversity. We celebrate diversity. See, there's a difference there. The world wants you to tolerate, tolerate. But no, through Christ, we celebrate life. Every life matters from the womb to the tomb. Every life matters. We are called to problems, as I said a moment ago, because we are called to people. People. Difference is the essence of humanity. But here's where we get it mixed up sometimes. Can't we just all get along? It's not about me becoming we. That's messy. It's about us becoming him. That's a different viewpoint. That's the way we should be viewing things. Don't try to become like me. Whoa, I'm a fallen state, meaning because of Adam and Eve. Once again, we try to compare ourselves with other people that are in a fallen world. But we should be us becoming like him. So yes, there's, a, there's that element of follow me as I follow Christ. And we're going to get into some of that a little bit later. But don't try to become like the people around you. Try to become like Jesus. It's all about him. Now, Jesus told his disciples, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. This is John 14, 27. I must go away so Holy Spirit, peace can come. John 14, 27. Now, peace is the very essence of Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is Jesus. Holy Spirit is God. So he left. God is still with us in Holy Spirit form, in the spirit of Holy Spirit. When we went to Tulsa uh, this past week, we stayed at a friend's um, home. It used to be their primary residence. Well, through all of this, they have, they've moved out, found a different residence across the street, and turned their beautiful home into a bed and breakfast. So they no longer live there, but that's their business. But as soon as you walk in, you feel the spirit of them. You're surrounded by them, even though they're not living there anymore. But when we walk into your home, we feel the spirit of you. And see, Jesus said, I have to go away. So wait here for the promise. Now, why did he say wait? This is what I was getting at earlier. Whenever Jesus says to wait, it means there's more. There's more. Jesus said, wait for the promise because there's more. You're never diminished in the waiting. Think of a pregnant woman. 
She's waiting for nine months. Is she getting smaller? Is she getting diminished? I don't think so. She's growing with anticipation. She's growing. She's actually, what did I write down? She's actually um, building a community. Think about it. She's building community while she's waiting. So are we just supposed to sit back, kick back, and just say, okay, Jesus, come get us while we're waiting? No, we're supposed to occupy, keep our hands to the plow, stay about his business, do what you know to do, obey our, our um, you know, the, the, the rules of the land, but in that, bring Jesus. In that, speak Jesus. In that, act like Jesus. In that, show Jesus. To keep our eyes on the prize doesn't mean to keep our hands from rackets or our mouths from Godiva chocolates or our noses from smelling roses or our feet from dancing. If we don't find him in those activities, we'll never find them at the end of our road. We've got to take Jesus with us all the time. So when people who are playing with the rackets and they see us and they're like, there's something different about you. When you're building pizzas, they're going to say, there's something different about you, girl. When you're doing things out in community, they can see Jesus. Joy is not in the journey. It's in the relationships. The joy isn't found where the rubber meets the road. The joy is found where I meet you in Christ. We need relationships. We need people around us. I just started a book. It's, well, I'm halfway through it now. It's so good. 11 indispensable relationships of people that we need in our lives. Now, years ago, and I'm going to talk about this at the end, but I always heard about the, the we need a Peter, a Barnabas, I mean, a Paul, a Barnabas, and a Timothy in our lives. We need those three. We need somebody who's speaking into our life, teaching us, we need somebody that we're encouraging, that, that was more like a peer. And then we need a protege, somebody that we're speaking into their life. Well, there's so many more relationships out there that, that, that we need besides that. We need guides to help us navigate our way. We need guards. Oh, sis, I wouldn't have said that that way. Maybe say it this way. We need guards with, uh, around us to help us on our journey. We need the dynamic power that is released by relationships. Listen to this quote by Aristotle as quoted by St. Thomas Aquinas. Anyone who doesn't need company is either greater than a man and is a god or lesser than a man and is a beast. So we need each other. Will you be holding hands when you cross the finish line or did you try to go it alone? Robert Fulgen Kindergarten Rule. I found this. It was so good. Kindergarten. When you go out into the world, watch out, hold hands, and stick together. Isn't that good? Pretty simple. That's the way we need to live our life. There's an author that our family's been impacted by. We've talked about him a little bit um, here and there, but his name is Bob Goff. And I read his, second, I read his first book, Second, um, but his first book is called Love Does, and it's just full of great stories. Well, I'm just, just real quick, his first chapter of his first book that I read second um, is entitled With, W-I-T-H, With. 
And when Bob was in high school, he thought he had learned everything that he could learn, so he was going to drop out and drive his little VW bug up to the mountains in um, Yosemite, and he was going to work during the day and climb the mountains in the afternoon, and that was, that was his life. He was just going to just abandon it all and go with like $35 in his pocket. And so before he left, there was a guy at church who just really sought him out and was always really a good friend to him, more, more of a youth leader. So he went by his house first and he said, hey, John, I'm, I'm and he gave him his great, great plans. I packed my, my VW uh, bug, I got my backpack. I'm going to go get a job up in Yosemite and climb the mountains. And John said, oh, okay, Bob, hold on just a second, which it was really early. He was kind of, his hair was all messed up and everything. He was, I'll be right back. He left Bob on the porch and he went back inside his house. And within five minutes, he came out, John came out with a backpack on his shoulder and said, okay, Bob, let's go. I'm with you. And Bob was like, what, you're, you're coming with me? He's like, yeah, I'm with you, Bob. Let's do this. So they threw their backpacks in the back of the, the bug or the front of the bug, wherever it goes. And um, you, you guys would know. And um, they head off for Yosemite. Well, they didn't have enough money to rent a hotel room or anything. So they've got these campgrounds with tents already set up. And so you can just rent a tent and just they, um, you know, occupy. Well, they snuck in after dark and just found a, an empty tent and slept out, out, you know, inside so they didn't have to sleep out under the stars. Well, their first day, he hit all the, all the businesses down the street and just got no, 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 turned down, turned down, turned down. And they're like, well, let's, let's, go, let's go climb a mountain. So they went and climbed a mountain. I'm with you, Bob. Let's go. I'm with you. So then the next day, they do the same thing. By this time, their money's getting, getting real low, but they go down to all the businesses down the second row, and he's just ex excited. He's, just, he's going to get a job. He's going to work, and he's going to climb mountains. I'm with you, Bob. Let's do this. So finally, after the, at the third day, they're out of money, and Bob comes to his senses and says, John, I think, I think I'm ready to go home. Besides the fact he didn't have any money and couldn't go anywhere else, he said, I'm ready to go home and, and thanks for coming, but it just looks like I, I failed and flopped and just didn't make, make my way. And John said, I'm with you, Bob, let's go. So they came on home and he dropped John off at the house. Well, he knew John had a girlfriend, but he didn't realize that when, he got, when John got home three days you know, into their journey, his girlfriend came out of the house. And uh, Bob was kind of taken back, and John then tells him, oh, by the way, yeah, I just got married. I'm on my honeymoon. And so my wife moved in, and, and, and you know, so he was on his honeymoon, and he went back inside and told, asked his, wife, his brand new wife, hey, do you mind if I go with Bob? But his point was he loved him so much, he went with him. He didn't just say, well, here's 10 bucks. Hope, hope you make it. You know, let me know when you fall flat and I'll come get you. He went with. So I want to propose the difference between witness and withness. I want to be in the category of witnesses. If a witness means anything, it is only because you were there with the person when it happened. You saw what happened, and you, you happened to be there with them. 
Before the 11 apostles could be witnesses unto him, they first simply had to be with Jesus in order to be witnesses. Who you surround yourself with, how you interact with your network of relationships, the range of your relationships, your friendship repertoire is crucial to your future. Your fate is not the result of your faith alone. For no one stands alone without the involvement of others in your future. You have no future. My father is one of my heroes. My father was 15 years old when he uh, gave his life to the Lord in church with a group of kids. And there's my daddy. And this man would not have made it without witnesses. People surrounded him in the church and made sure, made sure he was at church, made sure he had a place to stay when his parents kicked him out because it was God or them. And he said, I love you, I honor you, but it's got to be God. So you've come too late to tell me it's too hard to live for Christ because their man right there He's traveled the world for God. God is taking him all over this world. And most of you have met him and you know what a jewel he is. But he needed witnesses around him. Who are you a witness for? Who are you with? There's two biggest hoaxes of all time. And see, a hoax is half true. So it makes it almost believable. Number one of a biggest hoax. I'm a rock. I'm an island. I don't need anyone. I can do this thing by myself. Well, in reality, the true part of that is we are all individuals. We are all an island. But ask anybody who's living on an island by themselves. They need people around them or else they're going to end up talking to a volleyball named Wilson. Come on, people. We need people, right? Next, the next uh, hoax is number two. The romantic notion that one person can meet all the needs of another. <gasps> Daddy, he's perfect. He's nothing like you. <laughs> it reminds me of the starry-eyed girl who thinks the boy she loves is her destiny when really he's her density. No one person can be your all. So women, kick the men out. Get them to the men's retreat so that they can, can, they can, they can have camaraderie with other men. They need other men. They, they can't get everything from you. You don't want them to get everything from you. Same thing, men. Kick, them, kick her out. Have her come to the sister's luncheon on the 29th. It'll be great. Each of us live our lives on many levels, and we need multi-level relationships with many different kinds of people to be healthy and whole. Listen to this. Even the blessed Trinity, the Father needs both the Son and Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit needs both Son and Father, and Son needs both Father and Holy Spirit. Even the divine person needs at least two others to be fully itself. Think about that. We are spirit, soul, and body. We're a triune being. Well, I'm here to tell you, you've got a friend in me. I want to be your witness. I want to walk this journey with you.
Mother Teresa said, if we have no peace, it is because we have forgotten that we belong to each other. Helen Keller said, alone we can do so little, together we can do so much. Now here's the three I was talking about earlier, imperative relationships that we need to have in our life. We need those that we influence. So many times we talk about our young people, those coming behind us. Oh, the influences out there are terrible. Well, be a positive influence. Get right in there. Lean in to your protege. Lean into your young person. Lean into that person who's younger in the faith than you are and make sure they don't get lost in the, in the cesspool of influence. These are the Elishas. Every Elisha needed an Elijah. Who's ready to be an Elijah for an Elisha? Timothy. Timothy was the youngest pastor in the most ter- traumatic, you think we've got it bad. Nobody has, now, I know, I know we've said, I'm going to pause here just for a minute. I know we've said, we're all in this thing together. We're all in the same boat. No, we're not. I've never, I've not lost a business during COVID. I've not lost a loved one to death due to COVID. I know people who have gotten sick and recovered. Almost all of them have. But we're not in the same boat. We're all in the same storm. All in the same storm. But we're in our own boat. That's why we have to have compassion. Have to have compassion to each other because you don't know what that other person's walking through or been through. Don't judge them because you're not walking in their shoes. So Timothy was pastoring during a time when he couldn't talk to another pastor and say, what do you do during this? Because there was never a this before. But he had a Paul. And Paul encouraged him to stay the course. Ruth needed her Naomi to help her be at the right place at the right time. And then we need those people that we can be encouragers to. We know them as Barnabases. Barnabas actually just means encourager. Barnabas' name was originally Joseph. Here, he was a respected leader in the church. He wasn't a pastor. He wasn't an apostle. He wasn't a, a bishop. He wasn't a, 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 a big political person. He was a faithful person in the church. But he knew how to encourage. And, though, and, and not lastly, but thirdly, we need to inspire those who have gone before us, those that are still living. If you have breath in your lungs, God's not done with you. God's doing things in and through you at the age that you are. Elizabeth and Mary are a beautiful picture of this. 60 years difference. But Elizabeth needed Mary, and Mary needed Elizabeth. So whatever God's put on your heart in the years that you're in, you were born for such a time as this. And I don't care how old you are, what stage of life you're in. Last week, Phil had talked about um, one of his segments was, uh, was it, like in widows, widows. And um, he was saying, God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. My mother-in-law is, is a classic, beautiful example. She is in a, a stage of widowhood, but God put it in her heart to write a book. And she simply obeyed. She wrote a book. 
and it's published. And that just happened recently. But that's what obedience looks like. No fanfare. It's just simple obedience. That's what God asked me to do. That's what I did. And that's what she did. So we're supposed to inspire those who have gone before us. So what now? What are we going to do with all this? What are we going to do now? We need people in our life. We know. Acts chapter 2, starting with the verse 42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their, possession, their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Generosity. That sounds a lot like Vision Church right here. We are the church of the book of Acts. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's about people. Jesus came for people. Jesus is the center. What is our center? It's Jesus and it's all about people. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Vision Church. If you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give.